You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, this thing is definitely going to give me some hives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know what it is. It's like the old I know like we discovered this like randomly back in high Mm -hmm. school that like alcohol gives me hives, but it's like getting worse, especially now like after having a baby. Like it's like I take like one or two sips and I'm just like all inflamed. I'm like that Mm -hmm. dinosaur from Jurassic Park that just like looks at you and it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad. It like it just was, comes right through your skin. It like, does. And most people are like, well, maybe you just like don't drink. And it's like, yeah. But like also they make these things called allergy pills mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps with preventing. Mm-hmm. So I can right. support my habit. No, I'm just kidding. It's right. not a habit. But yeah, so it's definitely <laughs> crucial. It's critical for me before <laughs> holidays to pop a Zyrtec mm-hmm. and then just go party. So that and way. hope for the I'm best. Not- all and maybe, yeah, and you know, maybe limit the milky alcoholic beverages. But it's not just that, though. It's just all alcohol. Now. It's all alcohol. It happens with just like a beer, and then oh it'll be God. like hives. It'll be like halfway through one beer, and it's mm-hmm. like all hives. It'll oh be God. like yeah, wine hives. Mm-hmm. Like for a while, I thought it was like milky drinks. Mm-hmm. Cut those. And then I thought it was like really sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. Cut those. And I thought like wine. I know that's like sugary. And then I thought beer. And now I'm just realizing it's just alcohol. It's just alcohol itself. It's me. My body rejects it. It's just not cute. Because we are Neanderthals. And apparently yeah. we're supposed to live on like crumbs yeah. and water. Mm-hmm. Basically. Not even gluten. Like crumbs can't have gluten in them though. Mm-mm. I remember um, when I first started dating Adam and we were at his house in North Hollywood and like we were taking literally straight, like oh my 20s, we were literally playing this game and then taking straight shots of like Smirnoff blueberry vodka, just like mm-hmm. not no mixer, just taking the shots like, oh <laughs> yeah. God, I'm going to like throw up thinking about it. Um, and like, he decides to go put bagel bites in the oven. And so he goes in the kitchen and I'm like going in there behind him thinking I'm going to be like all cute. And mind you, I was like seven shots in at this point. And I go in the kitchen and I'm just like, Hey, he turns around, he looks at me and he's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Why? And he's like, um, you have spots all over you. And I was like, Oh no, it's happening. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I literally look like a leopard. I had spots yeah. all over the place. Um, back that's then, really he was just like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, yeah, that's not cute. Oh, my God. That's different... hilarious. He today, it if it happened. Cute. Well, yeah, love is blind, right? <laughs> and today, he's like, he'd be like, Jesus, go take yeah. something. Go take a yeah. Benadryl. Go take yeah. a cold shower. What the fuck is going on with you? <laughs> So bad. Cold shower could help. We probably tried. Oh my god. Well, like sometimes though, my skin gets really, really hot from it. Yeah. It's like all like feels good. Just yeah. Get the cold water on there. I just realized I we've just spent like three minutes and twenty seconds talking about my hives from alcohol. So. Oh my gosh. Well. Mm -hmm. Merry belated Christmas. Mm -hmm. So was Annabelle so excited about her guitar? 
She was so excited about her guitar. She walks around with it over her shoulder because, you know, it has the oh. strap. And she is very serious face. And she's like, Mama, <laughs> sing song for you. And then... <laughs> and she, like, oh has this, like, rocking out look on her face. But she's trying not to be too, like, cheesy about it. And then, like, all start singing and dancing. And she's like, okay, Mama, all done. Sing song now. Bye. <laughs> She's like, okay, cut it out. Yeah, but she's really more into her baby dolls. Uh, my sister-in-law got her um, a baby doll set, mm-hmm. but she really likes, like, one particular doll. And she got her a stroller and a pack-and-play setup. Oh, my God. How cute. Yeah. So she thinks that this doll is her actual child, and she calls Mike Grampy and me Mimi, and we help babysit this baby. <laughs> Oh God! That's so awful. she can go. So she can go play her guitar or play with her Peppa Pig house while we. You know what's baby. hilarious? So you know what's funny is like because like we're geriatrics. Not that we like look like grandparents, but like you know, if things happened a little differently, like we mm-hmm. could be grandparents. You right. know, if like we had, right teenagers right now that like suddenly started popping out kids, like we very well could be. So. Yeah. Wouldn't it be, like, kind of funny if you're in public, you're at the playground or something, and she refers to you and Mike as, like, Nana and Grandpa, and, like, people yeah. actually think that, like, you guys are her Nana and yeah. Grandpas, because yeah. we're, like, She, like, handles the baby, and she's, like, here, Mimi. <laughs> here, Grampy. So <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, Annabelle. Yeah. yeah. She's ridiculous. Oh. How did Hayden like his Mercedes, like, oh, car? Is he it- loves it. Yes. We went for a walk the other day. So it's Mm -hmm. this little like, the thing is, is like, you know, at this age, he's, he's not even two, right? Like he's, he's a little peanut and he's 15 months old. And it was very overwhelming for him. Like there was Mm -hmm. a lot of things coming at him. My parents from Maine sent so much stuff for him. And then he got like a bunch of stuff from his grandparents and, you know, aunts and uncles out here, which is awesome. But like, you know, it's a lot for a baby, you know? And so yeah. it's like even even a little bit older, any like any kid, I would say like, you know, mm-hmm. under five or whatever, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he'd get really excited about something and then something else would come out and he'd get excited about it. But then he would almost like not really melt down, but you could just see him getting really overwhelmed and kind of like yeah. exhausted because it was a lot. So What's happening is like he's now like going through now that like all the noise of Christmas has kind of settled down and like all like I've actually went through and I like started like pulling out things that are kind of too like he's a baby but like too baby for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like like six month olds will play with but 15 mm-hmm. months old are kind of like not really they don't really care yeah. about it anymore. So yeah. I've been pulling all that stuff out and kind of like making room for the new stuff. And so now that the noise of Christmas has settled down and he has time to kind of go through the things that he just got. He's like it's like he's re just like re-receiving these things again yeah. for the first time because he's like <gasps> like all excited. I'm like yeah I know. So to answer your question, he loved the Mercedes. He loves that it makes noise. And he like we went on a walk with it the other day. So just so the listeners know what it is. It's this like little push car and it has like a handle in the back and it's a black little like um, G-Wagon Mercedes and it like plays like horn sounds and like engine noises and has like a little canopy to keep the the sun out. So it's kind of like a little stroller, but like Mm -hmm. a car kind of stroller. And then when he gets a little bit older, you can take like the bars off the sides. Um, You can take the handle part off and it's just like a normal little push car. 
my brother actually built him like before he was born this like really cool hot rod that's like way better but it's still a little old for him like Mm -hmm. he doesn't like you have to like you can't push it straight on. You have to pull it. And it kind of gives me anxiety, like having him behind me and not really mm-hmm. seeing, especially since there's no way for him to be strapped in. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of sharp corners and he's already kind of cut himself on it a couple of times. So I'm like, we're just going to hold off on that. We'll wait for you a little bit older for that one. So got this, not as cool as a hot rod, but it's still pretty cool. We went for a walk uh, yesterday over, there's like a little, like, little pond by us little man-made pond with like ducks and stuff Mm -hmm. so we like he rode that and he was like beeping the horn the whole time and like playing the engine noises and like yeah it was he seemed to to really enjoy it so yeah but yeah I think like one of his like toys he is really excited about like he likes that he um also liked that mega the mega blocks truck I got him like mm-hmm. the John Deere mega blocks he's been liking that um but he really loves Don Quixote on PBS kids mm-hmm. I'm trying to wean him off of it because the purple panda is so annoying <laughs> but he loves the show I guess there's worse mm-hmm. things that he could love mm-hmm. so his gam gam got him a Don Quixote stuffy and mm-hmm. so he lit up when he saw that he was like yeah. so excited so he just sits there and watches his Don Quixote holding his little stuffy um mm-hmm. and it's like the cutest thing but yeah i'm i'm exhausted i'm yeah. i i love the holidays but it's like i appreciate when they're behind us as well mm, I know. <laughs> mine was much quieter this year because um my mom's side well my brother and marcy are sick and then on mike's side they have covid so <sighs> in order to make sure that nobody got sick we kind of postponed everything and Mm -hmm. the only household that for sure deemed themselves not sick was Mike's sister I mean aside from us of course we're not sick so uh, we did end up making it over to his sister's house on Christmas evening um, but we didn't go to his parents house after and we didn't do Christmas Eve with my grandmother so it was very very quiet mm-hmm. and it was just relaxing and peaceful and what did we even do we went over and said hi to my grandmother on Christmas Eve because it's normally our big party night and so we were just like let's go over and have like a snack or two and then we came home and we left a charcuterie board and wine out for Santa and <laughs> Annabelle fell asleep I I do yeah. hear that that's what he prefers. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially when he brings Mrs. Claus with him. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly Mrs. Claus. It was mostly Mrs. Claus yeah. because we stuffed ourselves at dinner time. And then I was like, I am not letting my charcuterie board go to waste. And he's like, okay, well, you have fun with that. So, Santa, <laughs> Santa did not partake except for like maybe one piece of pepperoni or something. I don't know. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. it was really cute. A gam gam and his grandpa left out um, some milk and cookies for Santa mm-hmm. when the boys went to bed and it definitely looked like Santa and the reindeer really enjoyed the treats yeah. so oh I'm sure they did the cookies mm-hmm. looked good <laughs> yeah but yeah the um the charcuterie board and wine though we definitely mm-hmm. missed a mark missed the mark there we'll definitely yeah. have to redeem ourselves next year for sure yeah. Yeah, next year it's happening again for sure. That's so good. What are you going to say like when Annabelle catches on and she's just like, hey, my friends leave out milk and cookies. Why do I leave? Why do we leave this out? 
I'm What's going on? All the other millennial moms will have caught on. Caught on, so you just don't have to explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. That's so good. Well, um, this is our twenty. Yeah, this is our last episode until mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, until next. This year. is the last episode of twenty twenty three. Our founding year. Our founding year has come to an end. We are the founding mothers of Mm -hmm. Geriatric Mamas. Yes. And we We... are closing this year with this final episode. (laughs) We'll be back next week. (laughs) We'll be back next week. I don't know if we have a guest next week, but we do have a guest this week. So we're closing. It does look like we have a guest next week. Yeah. It's Molly from Baby Booty. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a big one. How did we not know? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, it will. She's awesome. I love her. I'm excited Um, to talk to her. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but today we have a really cool one. Um, Sonia, do you want to kick it off on who we're going to be talking to? So, Stephanie is a psychologist and mompreneur career coach who helps moms prepare for maternity leave, postpartum, and returning to business. She's here to answer questions about going back to work after having your baby, and she's coined the term fifth trimester, which I absolutely love. Can't Mm -hmm. wait to hear her talk about all this. It's just, it's invaluable. And I know we've talked about it a few times. We've talked about going back to work and balancing mom life, career life, um, but we and we've also talked about you know PTSD from infertility, which kind of mm-hmm. all goes hand in hand with what Stephanie does. So I'm really interested to hear her take on all this stuff. It's gonna be great. But also, I love the term mompreneur. Yeah, as well. So yes, exactly, that's pretty cool. I feel like <laughs> I took on like the whole mompreneur thing because this is my only job now. And when she was. <laughs> When we were having our conversation, when we were having our conversation just to, you know, talk about planning the episode and everything, everything she said was how I was feeling when I was going back to work with Annabelle. So it's just, it's crazy. A lot of us feel the same. That's for sure. There's like, just like this, like feeling of relief when you, when you open up to somebody and then it's like, you just realize that they get it. Mm -hmm. And like, they are literally saying the things that you're thinking. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily change what you're going through, but there's something that happens when you know that you're not alone Yeah, and you're just like, finally, because when I talk to my husband about this, he doesn't get it. When I talk to my like, Mm-hmm. friend who didn't go through xyz like they're supportive but they don't really get it but it's like to talk to somebody who actually freaking gets it yeah. is just like uh finally right. <laughs> you know right. exactly. um yeah that's awesome well should we let her in yeah she's just hanging out in our waiting room <laughs> yeah let's do that all right let's let her in hello stephanie welcome hello. We're Thank so excited you. to have you. So, I'm excited to be here. Yes. I just literally just like tripped on my cord. My foot just got stuck. Sorry about that. For you once heard a bunch of Jessica making the yeah. microphone noises. And you not but you're wrestling on the microphone. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Merry Belated Christmas, Stephanie. How was your holiday so far? It's not over. We still got New Year's, but mm-hmm. yeah. how's the first part? Um, it's, it's a blur. I think it's a blur. Yeah. I, have a, <laughs> I have a two and a half year old and a four and a half year old. 
and two mm-hmm. dogs and it just feels Ugh. like so much stuff and it's like mm-hmm. just a marathon to get to the actual day and mm-hmm. then yeah. it's really interesting especially with my four and a half year old she was like everything you got is boring mama oh <laughs> wait like Let's that do you this got over mama or like for her <laughs> Like you got for yourself is boring. No, 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 for her. She, oh my no. god, she wants a Christmas do-over. Now, do you guys tell her about Santa Claus? Does she think it's you, or does she think it's Santa Claus, or both? No, she thinks it's Santa Claus. But I think yeah. like, it's a combination of we were, you know, like most other parents, wrapping presents late Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and we were wrapping them like you know in and out most of the day, and. My husband comes up and I see like the next morning that he had labeled like he had done like some Santa Claus ones, but he also did like to, you know, to my daughter from Dada. And I was like, wait, <laughs> where am I? In this? Oh my gosh, oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> he was like, I'm so sorry. I just was so out of it that I assumed you had already done that for some gifts. And I was like, no, we didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> that's so good was it at least stuff that he picked out or was it stuff that you had picked out and he just decided to claim i think it was actually things he had picked out so i'll give him credit for that absolutely but still it was like yeah so santa and dad i gave you gifts (laughs) but mama just like yeah mama just fucked off on that one where was mama you dropped the ball mama i did yeah. And then I got her like oh my gosh. boring gifts that she, you know, like it's like a lot of art supplies and walkie talkies, which mm-hmm. she was on the walkie talkie like all day. It was like, a, oh, my but gosh. it's boring apparently. So she but apparently loves it. Yeah. Is she a Gemini? Uh-huh. Is she a Gemini? Mine's a <laughs> she, Gemini. And she said something about boring as well. Yeah. She was just, well, then she like qualified later. She was like, it's a boring color. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> God, so she was back. Oh my, God. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> well it's so true though like you said like it's a marathon to get here because it's like us moms we're the magic you mm-hmm. know we're the magic of christmas and yeah. it's like we're the ones that like make it all happen right. and come to life and right. usually dad just needs to show up and like yeah. everything just happens and then it's like when it's over it's like we're freaking exhausted and so it's like we're just like what just happened like you said it it truly is a blur like what just happened it literally came it punched me in the face and then it just like left it left town unless you're like (laughs) sonia's family two years in a row and everybody gets covid and then we have to celebrate three different christmases at different times and then it doesn't punch you in the face like in the immediate moment it just spreads itself out so like little little jabs yeah how many christmases do you do in one day stephanie yeah we do one but we're actually up in maine i'm probably Mm -hmm. like miles away from you (laughs) but we are trying to um we're we're gonna do a couple of other christmases so we have like grandparents Mm -hmm. gifts here and there um yeah yeah so the 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 collection of all the stuff is just like piling up so much yeah yeah that's what we need to try to figure out that's what we need to try to figure out because like when we go home so i'm in texas right now but when i go i'm from maine and when i go home to maine it's just like the one christmas and we might visit like some aunts and uncles and stuff but it's like just like the one christmas at home and it's very chill and it's great but like here in texas 
we need to kind of figure something out because currently the way it is, is it's like Christmas Eve at my mother-in-law's, we usually do Christmas Eve um, church and then spend the night there, then do Christmas morning there. And then we like race home around like one or so. And then we jump on Zoom and we do the Christmas Zoom with my family. And then we like quickly like pivot and change and reload up the car with more stuff again. And then we go over to either like my father-in-law's or my sister-in-law's and we do the Christmas with his dad and like that. And so it's just like, it's literally three Christmases in one day and it is so stressful. Yeah, it's it like, Oh stressful. my God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want him to have, I want Hayden to have that moment of like coming down the stairs and being in his own home with like mm -hmm. Santa and stuff. So when he gets older, like we're going to have to like, set some mm -hmm. boundaries and change mm -hmm. things a little bit because I just, I want him to be able to like stay in his pajamas and play with his toys. I don't want to have yeah. to like quickly get him dressed and load him in the car and go to this place and go to this place and go to like, yeah, no, come to us. Yeah. Just fucking come to us. I'm yeah. over it. <laughs> That's idea. Mm -hmm. I feel like come to us at like, it's like such an important theme for grandparents or family members, like come to us in general, like all year mm -hmm. long. Like, yes, like, like yeah. it is nice to yes. go to your place, but like the right. fact that we, especially with little ones, like having to travel, it's just it's so, so much stuff. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so much and, like, stuff. The two and a half year olds, <laughs> the two and a half year olds get really opinionated about where they are. So getting out the door with Annabelle sometimes is an hour and a half of negotiation and we're lucky if we've got clothes on like the other day I negotiated her out the house and she was just wearing her underwear and I'm like, we need to get dressed. <laughs> Like we need <laughs> clothes on, and then that was a whole other problem for her. So, <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. That's why grandparents should just color. come to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. lot because it's like, okay, like what about food? Like, is there going to be like baby friendly stuff for him to eat? Because he has, you know, he has a lot of teeth, but not all of them yet. So I need to make sure it's easy to dissolvable and it's something that yeah. he can chew and something that he's even going to like and eat. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm packing like his food. I'm packing like all like his favorite toys. I'm packing his like stuff to like go to sleep. If you're staying the night, I'm packing mm -hmm. a change of clothes. I'm packing like just everything. And then not to mention, we bring the dogs. And so then we're mm -hmm. packing all the dog stuff too. Oh, and it's just my. like, it's so much stuff and then not to that doesn't even include the gifts it doesn't include mm -hmm. the food that you probably make doesn't include like mm -hmm. the alcohol you're bringing mm -hmm. and then it's like you arrive and you literally feel like a bag lady with all this shit and people are just like oh hey you look stressed out are you okay like <laughs> yeah i know my grandmother has wonder. said to me i wonder before. why i'm stressed Right. My grandmother has literally said to me before like after we get there 15 minutes like she's like oh you know, I guess life, I guess life, life is a little different when you have a baby. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's quite, it's quite different. Quite. Wait, wasn't that the day that you said that you had a blowout? Like yeah, you had just had a changed a massive blowout. She was still a newborn. She was probably four weeks old. <laughs> and we had to, we lived in this town where they don't do trash pickup. You have to bring trash to the dump. And it was a Sunday and so we were like, okay, cool. We have time. We're going to bring our trash to the dump on our way out of Standish to go to this family barbecue. And we got there 15 minutes late because she had this massive blowout that covered the like entire car seat. It was all the way up to her hair in the back of her head. And yes, she did have a lot of hair when she was born. So it was there. And then 
<laughs> we had to basically strip her, strip down the car seat, like make sure she was clean, put on new clothes. And that was basically the 15 minutes. I mean, we were hustling. But also you weren't even late. I think you said that usually like she's used to you getting there early, get but there this early, time you showed up, you showed up on time though. Yeah. But this time like, you showed up on time. Yeah. So she wasn't even late. She showed up on time and she still got shit. Like she's just... <laughs> Like, yeah. what? <laughs> and my baby, I'm like, okay, like, I pass my baby off to her, like, with two hands, like, here, hopefully she doesn't smell too bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so much. Nana want to hold a baby? <laughs> so crazy. And you're still um, hormonal at that point, too, oh, yeah. so it's, like, not helpful. My well, this tongue is like... would get bit, like, right off by my own self. Like, I would just be like, mm. yeah. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. Well, this is a good segue. Speaking of like hormones, um, to talk about the fifth trimester that Stephanie Mm -hmm. um, has coined the phrase of. I love that because it Mm -hmm. truly is another trimester. It's a whole other phase that I think people don't really think about or talk about. It's like, okay, you go through like nine months, you go through like all these things, you go through um, all the stuff. And then once you like get past like the, you know, little blip that they give you of what's declared postpartum, then you're supposed to then be fine after a few months and move on with your life and everything's great. And it's like, yeah, but no, there's this whole other part that happens after maternity leave that is scary and it's stressful and, you know, not a lot of people really get. So I love that Mm -hmm. that's really what you've been focusing on. Um, So why don't we just jump right in? Sonia and I have some questions for you. So you're going to be in the hot seat for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So um, how do you deal with the anxiety and anticipation of going back to work? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, like you said, the fifth trimester, even though, like, I think that most people who say they've coined that phrase, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat. There's, like, someone who wrote a really great book about the fifth trimester, actually, recently. Um, but, yeah, I think it's this piece of, like, not being, not talking about this other major transition that when mm-hmm. I work with women, like, oftentimes I'm thinking, okay, this is, it's not the end part of postpartum, because, like, you know, the World Health Organization says it's two years, which I think is really like the whole postpartum period. It's two years after birth. That makes sense. Which I feel like is a big relief. Well, at least I found that to be a relief as opposed to like six weeks, which we like have in our society as postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the anxiety of going back to work. I think that the way that I work people work with people around that is to have spaces to allow women to think about work and time not to think about it. I mean, this is like if people are anxious and don't really want to go back to work, like they're feeling Mm -hmm. nervous or guilty or scared to separate from their kiddo, you know? Yeah. And to not be in so much control. So I think by like having specific time and kind of some check-ins that like, all right, it's eight weeks before you're going back to work. Mm-hmm. Can I have like a brief conversation with someone about it? And then mm-hmm. I like check in again at four weeks before I go back to work and then two and then one, I think like tapering into it is helpful to kind of getting a sense yeah. of like, what do I need to like organize my brain around? What am I going to wear? Mm-hmm. How am I going to pack? What am I going to, what do I need to do with, you know, mm-hmm. like, because there's a lot of like details around it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. it does. And like, you're literally like checking off all these things for me that I had anxiety. And, and like, I, I, when I went back to work, I was working from home, but there were still those moments of like, Hey, we're going to do a team happy hour. And I'm like, but I don't have pants. I, I don't, I don't, I don't fit in pants. Like you guys, you see this, but I'm wearing leggings. I'm wearing pajama bottoms. I'm wearing my husband's sweatpants. Like I'm, I don't fit in pants. So like, um, it's like things like that, that are just like, so small, but they're actually so big, you know, and it's just like, it's a lot of stuff of like, what am I going to wear? I have no clothes that fit me. Um, like, and also it's like, you know, for people that are still breastfeeding too, like I remember going out to a happy hour and I was like, okay, well I can't drink cause I'm still breastfeeding. Um, and I can only be gone for this amount of time. It's going to take me like 30 minutes to get down there. I'll be there for about 40 minutes. And then I have to be back in like, I have to, it's going to take me another 30 minutes. So that's an hour and a half. Like you start thinking about these things of like, how long can I be away? And yeah, I had back thing banked stuff up, but it wasn't that it was like, but my boobs need to be released. Like I need to like, I need a pump, at least go to my car. But you know, yeah. so it's just, it's all these things that are, it's like, you feel so attached to the house and it's mm -hmm. like, you're not allowed to like live or do anything right. like your, your life as you knew it before is so different because mm -hmm. you are now literally like a shell. Your, your body is like a, a tool for this other mm -hmm. human that you have to keep alive. Right. <laughs> like It's very, it's very different. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like you're being, especially like, I always think of it as like a spiral. Um, if like the beginning part of like post-birth, you're right there with your baby all the time. Like you're mm -hmm. like with time separated from them, there's like a spiral out of like mm -hmm. expanding more and more time where you can be like independent from them, especially if you're nursing, if you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think we, we, it sounds like such a big jump from going to being with them all the time and feeding them mm -hmm. and sort of figuring out their needs, like on the clock every one or two hours to then transitioning and being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be gone for eight hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. And somehow that makes sense. I think it's just like such a massive mind. It is. Shift. It's a huge gap yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even in the six month um, maternity leave that I had, and I wasn't really able to, to breastfeed. Um, it was just, it was just so abrupt. I feel like going back to work. Now, my company, I mean, six months is a long time. And then they also had the flexible return to work for a few weeks. But still, like you said, going from like basically zero hours away to eight hours away. Cause, and it all depends on like your job responsibilities and if you can work from home mm -hmm. and if you can't work from home and so much childcare mm -hmm. is childcare in home is childcare out of home is it's, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. And there's just and there's, so much emotional to it. That, like, I was just about it. to say too, there's that yeah. emotional connection as mm -hmm. well of like the anxiety behind like, uh, not abandonment. What's the word? Separation anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's that, you know, not just for the child, but for the mother too. Right, like exactly. they were in mm -hmm. you for nine months. They were inside mm -hmm. of you. They were part of you. They were feeding off of your organs. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a parasite, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's true. And then it's like, they're on the outside of your body and they're still feeding off of you in some right. cases, you know? Yeah. And so like, then to all of a sudden just cut that and be like, Oh, bye. And it's like, well, uh, hold, wait, wait, that's literally a part of me now is like gone for 
like an entire day almost like and mm-hmm. it's supposed to just be okay like right. yeah and i'm getting I i'm getting the sweats too, thinking about it i remember too like having a call with having a call with one of my bosses going back and finding out that I was going to be hybrid working from home and then, you know, working out in the field as well. And they asked me if I was nervous. And now this person has um, multiple kids of her own. And um, she was asking me if I was nervous. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit nervous. And she asked me what about and I was like, just getting out the door in time to be able to go in store, make an impact and then go pick up my child, come home and still be able to answer the later emails and all that stuff that I would normally have answered during the day if I was working from home. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you'll get it. You'll get it. Don't worry. Like, it'll be fine. And I'm thinking, yes. However, I'm not like even the most routine child, even the most routine child at six months we're still on their time clock. We're not on our time clock and our day very much depends on them and their attitude. Because if you can't physically get them in the car seat because they're screaming, crying and stiff as a board and won't let you buckle them in, then what are you Mm going to do? You're going to be standing in your driveway just trying to get this child buckled into their car seat. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like that's the reality of it. Yeah. I like admire mothers. Stephanie, do you go into the office every day? No, no. I only, I see. Yeah. So I do coaching and therapy pretty much just from home. Mm -hmm. So I'm always Mm -hmm. doing telehealth or sessions. That's awesome. I literally like admire the women that are able to do that. Mm -hmm. And like, because women do it's, Mm -hmm. they, they do, it's a thing where they get up. Like my mom did it right. Like they get up early and they do the breakfast, they pack the lunches, they do a lot of prep the night before, but they like do everything to get out the house on time, get to school, get to work, like do everything that needs to be done. And it's just like, I don't understand. Like those women need applause because like, I like, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I don't need to do that. And already the little times that I do have to get him, even just to get him Mm -hmm. to his grandmother's a couple days a week. It's like, it's a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I need my husband's help because it's just like, it's so much. So I, um, yeah, I seriously applaud the women that are, that's that they're Monday. My sister-in-law does that actually. I should, I should talk to her and be like, tell me, what is that like? (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah. But I mean, I guess when you like, that's what you have to do is just part of your routine and you make Mm -hmm. it work and you figure it out. And I just, yeah, they utmost respect because (laughs) I, yeah, I, I just know myself and I would hate that for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people deal with it so differently, you know, but Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of people hate it (laughs) and really, I mean, at least maybe I'm biased because I do therapy Mm -hmm. and coaching. And so people are coming to me who are already like, I need help. I'm struggling. Um, And so I have a little selection bias. But yeah, I think it's just so much, so many details. And then Mm -hmm. I think that there's like this expectation of being the ideal mom. And the ideal Mm -hmm. mom is like a super mom and can just Mm -hmm. make everything look everything. And just like breathe in and 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 just be easy breezy and mm-hmm. and like not let the tantrums phase them. I don't know. I think right. yeah. I think it's it's hard because yeah that that pressure yeah. can really get to us like that comparison mm-hmm. pressure. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for okay. sure. I'm gonna move on to the next question. How do you avoid getting swallowed up by work once you return? Yeah, I feel like well maybe. Um, I work with a lot of women who are really do love their work. And so 
I think that they the transition back, particularly when it's their first baby, it's mm-hmm. it's like the transition back is both exciting but also a little overwhelming that they're going to get back like like not being able to get peeled away from their computers and Mm -hmm. or off their phones and they feel fearful they're going to not be present with their kids like through Mm -hmm. these like super critical moments um I think it's really helpful to write down some intentions before returning Mm -hmm. back to work so like maybe at that eight week like eight week or four week to talk about what you want work to feel like when you return Mm -hmm. because it isn't actually despite being extremely busy in postpartum and raising, you know, raising like tiny infants and feeding them and making sure they like don't die, like all the things that are really hard during that time. Yeah. Um, and you're also sleep deprived. I do think that there's like this really interesting reflection point about your work and your career during that period where women are really like thinking about like, man, I do actually love these parts of my career and I don't love these other parts. And so how Mm -hmm. it's like writing out intentions of, and maybe identifying specifically which boundaries they struggle with. Like what are the things that actually suck them in that don't feel productive? Mm -hmm. Like, is it sending like the perfect email? (laughs) Is it like rebooking? Like, is it like, the ta- the task lists that are written down like 15 times, you know, I'm not sure. It looks mm-hmm. different for everyone. So finding mm-hmm. a way to set those boundaries and then recheck in after like a couple of months back to work, understanding like, hmm, that wasn't realistic. Like I actually do need to do A, B, C, D, but like finding ways mm-hmm. to have a little bit of goal setting around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good one because it's like, for me, I know I tried jumping right back in like full throttle of like, here I am. This is great. Like, th- I'm in the zone. But it's like, <laughs> you're not fully in the zone because it's like you have like, in my case, you know, like on some days, like I have Hayden in the background, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm definitely like distracted. And then like, I end up working later to try to make up for what happened or the day or I'm skipping my own lunch to try mm-hmm. to like make up for whatever. And it's like, I'm being pulled you know, in in so many different directions just to, you know, do the most Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all times. So I think definitely setting, you know, writing down like expectations and what, you know, truly needs to happen and when, and, you know, really like not thinking that like it has to be exactly like it was before because Mm -hmm. like it's not going to be, you know, at the end of the day, like all my work cares about is that like, at the end of the day, I'm getting my job done. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, all like my family cares about is that like I'm present and I'm able mm-hmm. to give them what they need in return. So it's like finding a way to like balance both ends and like writing down what absolutely needs to happen. And then just finding a way to kind of like juggle in between that instead of just feeling like you have to do all the other stuff in between as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds easy when you say it like that, but <laughs> when you actually it do doesn't. it, it's like, it oh God. <laughs> It doesn't sound easy. No, that does not. It doesn't. Well, and it's so hard. It makes me wonder, like, what if it was a different list? If it wasn't about like what you had to do, but like what you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. like, how would your job look different? Because well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have one. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it would be. (laughs) I mean, Stephanie's mompreneur title. If I'm being honest, like that's what it would look yeah. like. I wouldn't have that. This would be my job, this podcast yes, and my child exactly. and my family. That exactly. would be my life. Yeah. This is, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. 
Like, no, I don't think anybody, depending on what your career is, you know, like, I don't think anybody really wakes up and says like, yes, please let me like work under this dictatorship of a company. (laughs) Like, literally to do, when to do it, how to do it. Yeah. Like, Especially when we also have a tiny dictator who's telling us when they need right. to eat, when exactly. they need their diaper changed, when they need exactly. <laughs> and that dictator is so scary sometimes. It's you so know, scary. The emotions, <laughs> the emotions that I feel when my child cries is beyond. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we're like adequately hazed in the beginning part of postpartum to like, I think I'm going to always be a little scared about put down time. Like, mm-hmm. like they're going to be 21 and I'm going to yeah. be like, I don't know. I hope they go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my God. It sounds like me when Mike comes home from work and he's like, did she have a nap today? Cause she's, she's a nap skipper, which means she goes to bed at a normal hour. She takes a nap. She stays up till midnight because we can't, it, there's no, there's no way around it. And so he'll come home from work and he'll be like, did she take a nap today? No, I hope that means she's going to go to sleep. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's like when I go pick Hayden up from my group, from my, from my grandmother's, from his grandmother's. Yeah. And she's like, well, he didn't really nap today. And it's because mm-hmm. he's just like so excited while he's there that he yeah. just can't settle down. He has like the he's worst case of FOMO. FOMO. And just, yeah. Yes. And he won't nap. He'll nap like for me, like at home, like right now, he's going on a two hour nap right now. Mm-hmm. And like he in like, he'll probably want to take like another hour or two hour nap later as well. Yeah. Um, and but like at his grandmother's he just doesn't nap and then it's always the same thing like well you know hopefully he'll be ready to go to sleep early no he won't what's gonna happen is he's gonna cry with me all the way home because it's my fault that he didn't nap today and then he's gonna demand his dinner the second i walk through the door and then he's going to terrorize me until about 10 o'clock at night and then he's gonna scream at me when i try to lay him down (laughs) um that's basically what happens when he misses his nap it's oh just gosh. it's not fun Stephanie <laughs> I hope you feel so, the entertainment here <laughs> yeah well this is actually a good segue to this next question uh-huh. so you know with all of that going on um what is some like what are some things that you would um suggest for helping women or mamas um be better communicators with like what it is that they need with their partners coworkers, family friends um mm-hmm. i'm horrible at asking for help i feel like that's why sonia gave me this question to ask you uh, <laughs> i'm that's horrible yeah but i really am i'm awful at asking for help like i'll just like figure it out i'll mm-hmm. i'm and i think like also too like a lot of my family and i know my husband just like they expect me to do it all because like I, I, it's what I do. It's in my nature. I just do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when it comes time for like asking for help, like I just, I hate it and I'm not good at it. And it's usually like at the point where I'm like ready to explode or like, and I just start melting down over something that's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just do this. I need you to do this. And it's just like, okay, sorry. Like mm-hmm. didn't know it was a big deal, you know? Um, so yeah. What are some, what's, what's some things that you would suggest for people like me that are just emotionally unstable? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like holding my 
<laughs> I'm holding myself back from like asking, but why? Why do you think that's true? You know, like just like digging yeah. into. Yes, do it, do it, do your your magic on me. Okay, can I say I told myself and Jessica and our listeners that I would never say this about myself again, but we're we know you're Type A, Sonia. You are too. You are too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, there's a part of me that's type A. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what is type on. A? We got that out. We got that out. All right. It's just like on. you need things a certain way, right? Like it has to be. Yeah, I think yeah. you just like yeah. control. I mean, who doesn't like control? Oh, yeah. I love control. Yeah. I am definitely a control freak. Yeah, especially like even though it's kind of an illusion, but <laughs> yeah. But but it's like it's that thing where I'm like if you want something done right – yeah. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. I know. I hate relying on other people. Like I hate like because I feel like almost always it's a letdown, you know, when you rely mm. on other people. And that's such a negative mindset to have, but I just feel like <laughs> that's what happens. Like you're always I'm always let down. Like that's not what I wanted the charcuterie board to look like. Oh, you're let down by them. You're not worried you're letting them down. Yeah. It's that No. It's that Yeah, so it's so so it's, it's like, like instead of like instead of me being let down, I'm just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, it's almost as if everyone around us is weaponizing incompetence. You know what I mean? It's like weaponized (laughs) incompetence from not just our husbands, but everyone else around us. Except my grandmother is my. I grew up like raised by the woman who my grandmother raised so we're the three of us are pretty much all on the same page so whatever my grandmother does is usually something i would do so she doesn't weaponize incompetence and mostly mike's mom doesn't most of the time yeah. mike for sure does <laughs> yeah i think i think that there's it's like such a big issue asking for help yeah um mm-hmm. it's like a mountain right i yeah. think that, that one of the first things for me that's important is do you even know what you need yeah. You, usually no like I know I need help or maybe yeah. maybe it's like the, I don't it's so I feel like there's so many details like we've just listed out like like Christmas bedtime naps like all these things where there's like mm-hmm. actually like a lot of detail and analysis that's involved in the process and yet mm-hmm. Like in our society, we value work processes. So like, like how much do we know about the research about emailing and like mm-hmm. blocking time? Like, but we don't really, we don't value all the mental work that's involved in raising children and having mm-hmm. children. Right. And so I think like, I think part of it is sometimes I just, the words can't even come to my mind. It's like, I need mm-hmm. this and that, and I need that, and I need right. you to go get that. And sometimes things just right. happen so fast, like a blowout, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when I just, just like are on it. And yeah. how and like verbalizing what you need. I feel mm-hmm. like I would need like military training to be mm-hmm. able to like know how to communicate. I need this. I need like I would have to be yeah. on my game. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. part of what I recommend is for women to invest in this really uncomfortable question, which is what do I need right now? And like, mm-hmm. ask it over and over again. What do I need right now? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's yeah. helpful to have a therapist just asking you. <laughs> this is, she's definitely recommending. She's like, um, it kind of sounds like you need some extra help here. <laughs> just, just to say, or a therapist to ask you, like, so what do you need? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hated when my therapist asked me that. But after years, mm-hmm. right, like, yeah. I just got better at, because I think it's like identifying it, but then it's like 
having the courage to go ahead and ask it. And I think mm-hmm. the other layer that you're talking about is like facilitating other people to grow their skills. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I just know where, like, for like for me, I'll ask my husband to do something, and then I will leave the room for less than a second, and it'll be like, and you expect where, it to be done. But where is the? <laughs> yeah, no, he'll be like, but where is the X, Y, and Z to do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like oh God, I forgot to lay it out for you, which would basically mean I should have just done it myself because at that point yeah. I'm spending my energy getting it out for him and all he has to do is like the two second execution. Totally. You know what I mean? And that's all mm-hmm. mental load. It's all mental load. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's I've almost heard. like you need like a two day training of like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think. No, it's true. I don't think little girls are taught. Like I don't, I think part of this is also like being young and not being used to asking for help. I think we were kind of socialized, mm-hmm. like, figure it out yourself. Oh, you're so smart. You figured mm-hmm. out, like, what you needed. You got what you needed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know. So I think it is, it's definitely a skill. But I, I, I find for myself, I will often, like you said, like, look for evidence that I shouldn't be asking for help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, being like, yeah. oh, so you... You Or, like, if my husband doesn't remember that I asked him to do something, I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I should have, like... I don't know. I should... You like guess yourself. I to do a thousand times up until the second that it needed to be done to make sure that it got done. Yeah. yeah. I, but also too, like I, I feel like I'm the type of person that if I notice that somebody is like, this is just a metaphor, but if I notice that somebody's walking around with all these bags on their back and they're dropping things and they're trying to whatever, I'm going to know to go over and give them a hand and just do it and help mm-hmm. them pick something up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, me and so like I feel like with me like I should I feel like I shouldn't have to ask Mm -hmm. for certain things right Mm -hmm. like I feel like I shouldn't have to and it almost annoys me that I have to ask like you see that I'm getting up extra early to do xyz you see Mm -hmm. I haven't showered yet today you Mm -hmm. see that I'm stressed out over (laughs) da 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 da. why do you have to wait for me to Mm -hmm. freak out or have a meltdown or Mm -hmm. like ask you like why can't you just help yeah (laughs) like you know what I mean like that's that's what also like bothers me too where it's like I I don't know that I I should yeah you know but totally I think yeah oh go ahead ahead. (laughs) I think think that um yeah I think that that is that that wish for like someone if they empathize with me then they will help me Mm -hmm. right like I, I have that conversation with women all the time they're like well, if my husband really gets where I'm coming from or how much I'm struggling, like if he just sees it or if I tell him, mm-hmm. then he's going to take the initiative to do what I need him to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I had my first child, my friend that who has had was having her third child at the same time. I was like, yeah, like why? Like I was kind of going that route. I was like, well, like he should just kind of get it right. Like I'm, yeah, I'm always reading his mind. So why is he not reading mine? You know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, you just have to ask. You just have to no. You just Mm -hmm. have to tell him what you need. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, I don't. That doesn't sound very satisfying. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, yeah. It'll be like the smallest things that he'll do sometimes. And it's like to him, it's just like not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But like I'll like catch myself getting teary-eyed, being like, What? You just emptied mm-hmm. the diaper caddy? Like, what? Yeah. He's like, Well, yeah, it was full. And I'm like, 
oh my god thank you so much much. like it's like the biggest thing and it's just like because it's it just shows though that it's just like how much I do put on my plate so when the smallest thing is taken off it's like such a relief thank you yeah especially when I don't have to ask especially when it's just done Mm -hmm. like that's when it's amazing yeah so but you hit something you hit something though you said something about trying to refine other people's skills mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's a, definitely to have a training i feel like cootery boards and yeah i feel like that's like a whole other podcast because yeah. i feel like that's definitely me <laughs> and like yeah we need to have a training on on all the on all the things like like a tour walkthrough of the house like this is where we keep this this is where we keep that this is where we keep this feel free to open up the drawer and see what's in there and then also this is how you make a charcuterie board and this is how you pour me a glass of wine Mm -hmm. (laughs) well one thing one thing i find super helpful is which i think is um people especially like after years of working with someone or maybe even their kids are get older. I'm like, how often do you leave the house <laughs> with the baby home mm-hmm. or the kids home? Like how often mm-hmm. do you take breaks? And a lot of times mm-hmm. I think that the moms that I work with, they're like, no, my, my kids always find me in the house. Like, mm-hmm. which they always find me. And so, and I think part of it is sometimes dads don't have the skills to maintain mm-hmm. attention and like yeah. to actually keep the kids from going into the bathroom. And mm-hmm. I actually, I think that it's an important skill to start early yeah. with the baby. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. which is hard, like as you have more kids, that can be hard, but even just mm-hmm. like handing the baby over and leaving for 20 minutes, like getting into the routine of that early on can be mm-hmm. really helpful so that you like, we don't come, I don't, I mean, at least I don't, but I didn't come like fully knowing how to handle a baby <laughs> by any means. No, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one for a while and it was a struggle to get here. And now I'm here. And I'm like, so what do I do with it? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So I, I, we actually, I think, especially if we're married to men, I'm going to say, yeah. yeah, like they need to grow those skills too. You know, my husband is an educator. Mm-hmm. He works with kids with like severe disabilities. He knows what he's mm-hmm. doing a lot of times, but he's still doesn't know like which medicine we use and what we don't use, right? Like there's always going to be details that he doesn't cover. But I think like, yeah, the, the watching them like learn, I think it's hard to watch our partners learn something like mm-hmm. both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you just want to do it. <laughs> just like, just step aside. Just let right. me do it. <laughs> right. Let me just do it so I can bitch about the fact that I'm doing it yeah. <laughs> later. <laughs> Yeah, or let me hire someone so I don't have to see you try to clean out the gutters. Like whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so how do you cope with brain fog once you're back at work? This is a real Good thing. One. It's a real God. thing. Mm-hmm. People warned me about this and I was like, I'm not gonna get brain fog. I got this. Yeah. I, I had all kinds of brain fog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many yeah. times I found the remote in the fridge. Like yeah. Yes. Me I don't too. Know. No, for real. That's a thing. <laughs> when did you feel like it started to lift? You know what's weird is like actually like um I don't know that it has lifted. <laughs> 
funny. I feel I like it's still it's, here. I feel like mine is a different, like now it's kind of like a different kind of brain fog right now, but like my brain Yeah, it, fog, it definitely shifted. It shifted. Yeah. It's, it's moved to like, brain. it's not, it's not a fog anymore. It's more of like a light mist. Right. Like, it's like mommy you know, brain. it's like a cloud that just kind of moves yeah. around and like some days it's a little mistier than others. Yeah, um, it just kind of rolls yeah. in and then it rolls yeah. out. Yes. yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's so I don't know. Do you think, what do you feel like Stephanie was like the consensus? for? I mean, I, I think that it varies quite a bit and also varies on like women's ability to like, like their attention skills, right? Because there's mm -hmm. people are pretty variable across their, like how much they can focus. And I also think people's work demands different kinds mm -hmm. of focus. Like, so if you're a coder, you like, or a writer, you need to sit down and like, you can't really do your work, mm -hmm. but there are many jobs. Mm -hmm. You can't do your work within an hour. You have to kind of sit there and reorient, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing kind of any analysis or writing, but then there are some jobs where there, you, you can kind of get into it in like shorter periods, right? So I think with brain fog, just <laughs> the first thing to do is validate that it's normal. I think that we're, we're in a tough situation in if we prove that brain fog is true <laughs> scientifically, then mm -hmm. I think women are at a disadvantage um, in mm -hmm. their workspaces. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of a tricky issue to, to, yeah. to validate, right? It, I mean, it has been validated by science. Mm -hmm. There's a, a book called Mom Brain um, mm -hmm. where she talks, she, I think she's a psychologist. It's Elise DeMarco. Mm -hmm. And she kind of goes into um how to cope with mom or to like brain mom brain but it's basically this idea that all the things we do when we're raising children don't necessarily go well with some of the professional tasks that we do at work or even mm -hmm. in our home right mm -hmm. so if you're sitting if you're thinking about if you're like supervising your really young baby your attention is like constantly flitting back and forth to what to like just monitoring what's going on if you've got a two and a half year old, you are, you know, every like four seconds and if they're out of your eyesight, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are they doing? What are you doing? Like, what can, so, so quiet. yeah, so it's, it's like such a, it's just like a survival skill. It's like, it's a, mm -hmm. it's essential for caring for and supervising kids. And so it makes it really hard. I think people feel like, gosh, none of my words are together. So if you have a job mm -hmm. where you need to communicate like clearly or like sound like you're smart. <laughs> yeah, I just need to sound like I'm smart. <laughs> I think that's where you really feel it. Like, cause your like brain is trying hard to like use a skill that you don't need as much when you're mm -hmm. right there with your like three-year-old or even your 10-year-old, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think be patient Maybe I think this idea of any kind of idea of snapping back, I'm pretty much against <laughs> mm -hmm. because like the, the reason your, your like mental skills have shifted is because you need to use them for something else. And right. so trying to find a little bit of acceptance, but also understanding like what kind of strategies you need. So if I'm a writer, it took me a long time to get back to writing after my first child. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It took like, at least a full year to be like, I can write like a good paragraph, right? Um, so be having some patience with that, but also 
thinking about like, what is the best setup for me? Do I give, I mostly just like give myself time and have some like distraction free and try to not be overwhelmed with the time I'm taking away from being with my kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really good advice. And I think you definitely like raise a really good point too, where it's like, you know, on one hand, if we acknowledge that mom brain is real, then we are opening up a vulnerability to employers to not treating us equally. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely at a disadvantage from that point. But then at the same time, if we also just try to pretend it's not a thing, then we're not also not we're also at a disadvantage because we're not given the grace that we need to do X, Y, Z. So it's, it's truly kind of like a no win (laughs) situation on, on both ends. It is. It's so hard. It's like, if that's going to make you anxious, the latter, what you just Mm -hmm. said, right. Is like knowing that you're not Mm -hmm. clear, but having to fake it until you, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. 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 I think it's really hard for sure. Um, so I know we were talking about this a little bit ago, but, um, what, um, are some tips or like, what advice do you have for, uh, managing all the details of packing everyone up in the morning and getting them to, you know, getting yourself to work on time and them to daycare or school and basically doing all the things and being present when you're supposed to be present. (laughs) Well, and this one is hard because it's like, like systems will help you, certainly, like making sure that you have some kind of system for even if it's like, I mean, what probably would be helpful for me, which I don't do enough is like having a little checklist of everything that needs to go in the bag, because I'm the person that totally is going to be like, Oh, yeah, I need a checklist. I just forgot shoes yeah. today. He doesn't need shoes, <laughs> right? doesn't need shoes. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think on the other side of that, we can get really neurotic and perfectionistic about all the details. Like it feels like, mm-hmm. I think for some, I had a client who was like, she was about to go back to work and she was like, I'm thinking about buying this special dresser where I line everything out of my toddler's clothes. So that yeah. <laughs> like when they wake up, they know like, oh, this is the like Wednesday's clothes and I do it on Sunday. And I think it was like this, just like reassurance seeking like, oh, if it's all in place, then everything's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. I think when we limit ourselves to that kind of mindset, I don't know. I think we're getting really stuck. We're losing out on what we actually care about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's kind of a balance between, yeah, like we have to have systems, but where are the line where things are getting really neurotic? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I think too, like with that, I know for me, um, as Sonia pointed out that I'm apparently type A as well. Um, for me, it's like, you know, I'm a control freak and I'm also perfectionist and I constantly feeling like, and it's like, I'm not trying to prove it to anybody else, but I'm trying, it's like, I'm proving it to, I need to prove it to myself that I can do everything and I can do it perfectly, you know? And so it's like, that also like, you know, falls into like, you know, putting way too much on my plate than I really should not asking for help because it's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to prove something here that I can do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, so, um, I don't know where that falls into your systems. But... <laughs> well, I think perfectionism can be used for many anxious processes, but I do find for me, like it is this proving ground 
you know, I think being a geriatric mom for <laughs> like squarely in that mm-hmm. space, like, I don't know, there can be all these spaces of like, well, I'm still worthy, right? And so if everything's mm-hmm. all lined up and everything's perfect and I can do it all myself and I can handle all the children that come into my life, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. then I... Mm-hmm then I deserve to be here, right? It's like that deep yeah. self-worth shit that's really hard, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's yeah, true. I think it's, I think it, we can get really stuck in that space. Um, not that you are stuck in that space. I mean, I think it sounds like I'm stuck in this space. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it definitely sounds like I'm, I'm a little stuck. <laughs> we just need life assistance, both of us, and we can just... Hey oh, Siri, um, please set Caden's <laughs> outfit out for tomorrow, and then make sure that someone puts it on in the way I want it. Thank you. Yeah, so and much. please and please book me a therapy appointment. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the systems is definitely good, but like whatever works for you, and whatever works for you in the in. I don't know, like the period that you're in, in your child's life and in your life too, you know, cause it's going to fluctuate. It's going to change. It's not going to stay the same, whatever system you have, it's going to change as your child grows and your work changes. And... It changes so drastically. I mean, yeah. I think every year can like, like as they get older, it starts to shape and look like more consistent, but yeah, there can mm-hmm. be such major change and right. you can spend so much time picking out the perfect lunch and you just keep getting it from class and from school and you have to throw it out because nothing is eaten right like there's some of these things we invest a lot of time and energy into and Mm -hmm. um it just might not be worth it ultimately yeah Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so true because like there'll be times like my grandmother will always this you touched on something that I go through like four days a week with the whole food packing and everything and a lot of times my grandmother will put everything out for her to pick and choose what she wants from that I've packed for her but like oftentimes when she goes to my in-laws house they'll just feed her you know whatever they're having for the day and she loves it she thinks it's great but she thinks both are great but I will treat both situations the same a lot of the times and I'll still pack everything to go to my in-laws house and I'm putting that on myself and then I have to make sure that as soon as we get home everything goes back in the refrigerator for the next day that she's not going to eat it because she's going to be at my you know what I mean and it's just like you know Uh changing the systems according to what life actually is in that moment is so important to make it easier on yourself yeah you know yeah Mm -hmm. I think that convenience things are worth it a lot of times like Mm -hmm. and knowing that like I'm going to like yeah we're going to eat the like vegan chicken nuggets every week like forever you know but <laughs> every but, day every yeah. but every or whatever it is and I think I think yeah. we can get that's I think where the line of perfectionism is like if my kid is eating and it's relatively somewhat got some nutritional value right like Mm-hmm. I think right. thinking about like oh but I just really want them to try this I think they'll love it and then like an hour later it will not even be looked at yeah. right Mm-mm. right yeah luckily we're scrunchy moms in that aspect <laughs> <laughs> all right um so how do you find time for yourself <laughs> she's like you don't Right. No. move on <laughs> like, did I really decide I wanted this question asked of myself <laughs> just kidding <laughs> like I know and it's it's so funny too as if 
I have this all figured out. <laughs> I mean, especially the time for myself. Um, I could totally work on better. I think that, mm-hmm. um, I think like that first tip I said, this idea of taking breaks, like short breaks and getting used to being mm-hmm. away from what feels like critical moments or special moments. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think getting some of that is just like separation anxiety and getting used to it. And also mm-hmm. like letting your partner build their skills of caring for the babies and kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I think this piece is like, like trying to, I think when we, when we are kind of de- deprived of time for ourselves, we get it in our minds that, well, I have to go to Tahiti for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like it has to be this big vacation. <laughs> go. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that, or like, or I, if I do yoga, like it has to be like at this beautiful studio and I'm going to get myself ready and I'm going to have this, I'm going to go get like a coffee after. Like, I think we don't have the luxury of that much time once we enter into mm-hmm. parenthood, especially young parenthood. And so I think starting to appreciate like brief breaks or mm-hmm. and like time so I, I feel like part of it is like working with that mindset a little bit of challenging like it has to be this like I'm gonna save up and not take any time for myself for <laughs> four months and then I'll do something like with a friend right. I don't recommend that <laughs> I think trying to find yeah. like regular parts of your day where you are not caring for someone I notice like even it could be something as small as like going to Target by myself, like not bringing Hayden with me. Like when he's like goes down for a nap or if he's here, like if my husband's home, whatever, and he's like with my husband, it's like, I don't even need anything. Like I could just be like mindlessly walking up and down the aisles. Like I found myself at Costco like a few weeks ago. I spent like almost two hours at Costco, like bought nothing. I think I bought batteries. And then I literally just like walked up and down the aisles forever. And it was just like the point of like just being by myself, you know, was just so nice. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely like way past the vacation. I'm just taking it wherever I can get it at this point. Yeah. 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 If you see me in Costco and sipping a pina colada, you'll know what's right. going on and like in my world. Doing the dishes without my two and a half year old stomping on the inside of it, making me feel like it's going to break is almost a luxury because she's like 28 pounds. And at home, when I open up the dishwasher, she climbs onto the she climbs onto the opening of it so she can get her spoons out and all that. Meanwhile, I'm scrambling to make sure she can't touch the knives and kill herself or break the dishwasher and then (laughs) hurt herself that way. And like, I remember one time I was like, Oh, thank you so much, Nan, for taking her. I'll be back at four 30. I'm only working until like three, but I'm going to go home and do dishes or whatever. And she's like, Oh, you know, she really doesn't bother me here when I do dishes at all. She's just kind of like occupied. And I'm like, cool. When we're like, love home, that for you. When Bye. we're at home, I feel as though I'm doing parkour, trying to make sure she doesn't kill her herself while I'm doing the dishes. So I'm just gonna, you know, do dishes. Yeah, Hayden has this thing. I literally, it's like a, it's um, it's literally like me running back and forth between like I quickly open the door, grab out what I want to like take out to put away, shut the door really quickly because yeah. Hayden has a fascination with pulling the knives out and he yes. pulls like the big knife out. Yeah. Like I once looked over and he's like legit holding it like Chucky style <laughs> and like smiling. And I'm like, what the f- it's like 
parenting and I like episode. Yeah, oh my it's God. awful. Yes, it's exactly like the parenting episode, and it scared the shit out of me. Except the yeah. difference is I didn't sit there watching him hold it. I immediately right. took it from him. Right. But he just like that's the first thing he goes to. It's because they have yeah. white shiny handles, and I think yeah. he's just like, ooh, pretty, yeah. and he like grabs it, and it's just it's awful. So it's like yeah. I usually have to like quickly like run him to the living room and then I quickly run over and I have about 30 seconds to quickly grab whatever plates I can shut the door put them away yeah. it's yeah so I'm right there with you it's awful yeah. so like sometimes a moment to yourself can just mean and I know that this goes against all the reels on Instagram about you know time to yourself doing mm-hmm. dishes is not a luxury but sometimes it but sometimes it is feel like luxury sometimes so, it know. is yeah yeah Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think like any kind of judgment around what is, should be your time to yourself is not really useful. Like, does it actually feel centering? Does it actually feel Mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, I think that there's like so much expectation into how you should be using your time as a mom. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Mm -hmm. even for me, it would, it took me a long time in my business to actually like, if I wasn't getting directly paid that hour to to mm-hmm. like do work right so like doing notes or any other type of like marketing like that I would do when like the kids are asleep as opposed to like just mm-hmm. like taking the time to get yeah. unpaid like to be unpaid mm-hmm. but actually do my work mm-hmm. right right I think, I think we yeah. can feel like we always need to be useful like or right. above and beyond productive mm-hmm. you know yeah no I totally yeah. agree um okay so stephanie how do you find help if you're feeling really anxious to the point where you start to feel a bit robotic or numb please for the love (laughs) tell us (laughs) it's like how do you get off this rat wheel (laughs) well i mean i think this question is it's tricky because like when I start to hear people talk about feeling like robots or numb, I then dig a little bit deeper. Like how, like how low is someone feeling? Because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. those words mean depression to me. They don't always Mm -hmm. have to mean it, but Mm -hmm. it can be depression. And I think we can feel really like even myself can feel really scared when a therapist starts to like dig a little bit deeper being like, Oh, I'm really depressed. I can't, I can't, I don't have time to be depressed right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if we're in that space, a depression is really treatable. And I think the more we kind of push it off and the more we ignore that it's happening, the more often it's just going to get worse. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think at that point, it's just kind of checking in to be like, well, have I felt like a robot for more than two weeks? (laughs) You know, have I felt numb? (laughs) Do I have other things going on? Um, but I also think like, so if you're not in that zone, if it's not feeling really heavy, then, um, and you're not saying like, okay, I need to go talk to someone or I need to like try to find a therapist, which is of course like not an easy feat right now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think taking, trying to find things that engage us that don't feel, um, cause I think part of it is like, yeah, it's like this resistance to taking breaks and feeling inspired like in like you're enjoying mm-hmm. the things that we really are used to enjoying or used to enjoy, you know, I think for me, mm-hmm. I find it like if I'm just trying, if I'm going through the motions, I'm not really, and I'm spending time with my kids and I'm like, oh, usually I would really enjoy this time. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I feeling so disconnected? 
you know? Um, yeah. 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 Lots of, no, that's a really good point. Just further, um, validating <laughs> therapy needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica's world. It can be really helpful, but also, I mean, I feel like for me, when I was working in a job that had ten, like 10,000 moving parts while also having a, a baby that was constantly fluctuating, I never felt like I was impactful at either being a mom or being an employee. And I feel like ever since just being a podcast host and working around the podcast, which is a huge passion project for me that I can really sink my teeth into, I'm not feeling like a robot who's not getting anything mm-hmm. done anywhere and I know like the analogy of being a robot might not necessarily make sense as far as like not being able to make an impact but I really did feel like a robot at that point when I wasn't able to make an impact on motherhood or my job and I don't feel like that anymore I just feel like when you're able to do something that you really 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 love and it yeah. pertains to your life and what you're passionate about in your life, it, for me anyways, it made a huge impact on, I guess I was depressed. <laughs> like, I guess I kind of was depressed, but I didn't know mm-hmm. I was, you know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. not in that space anymore. And I really think it's because I'm just, I'm doing what I love and I'm able to talk about being a mom and you know, all that stuff. And I've noticed, I've noticed a night and day difference in you, Sonia, yeah. like from that, those from that time to like, since we've started doing this, um, yeah. and you're not, you know, having that job anymore. Yeah. Like it's definitely like a weight is lifted. And, yeah. Huge. You know, I don't yeah. get any rage texts anymore. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you should send me one for shits and giggles. I haven't gotten one in a while. <laughs> no, I know. I don't know what I would send it about, but I'm sure I can figure it out. <laughs> Send an old one. Be like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Screenshot it. Screenshot them. Like, here you go. I think I deleted all of those. (laughs) I erased them from everywhere. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I felt very special because I think I it was just me and your husband that were getting them. So yeah. So thank God. I felt very special. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that I think people often think that the. So you may have been depressed. It sounds like you might, mm-hmm. you know, but also I think burnout mm-hmm. can feel like the beginning stages of that, you know? Yeah. And, and burnout, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people think like, well, the antidote to burnout is going to be rest. Like I just need to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. but I actually, no, no. but the research says like, you need to actually like, oh, like be enlivened. You need to be like inspired mm-hmm. and that can yeah. help kind of like wake up your your body again yeah. to feel like engaged and interested mm-hmm. and it sounds like this project yeah. is like mm-hmm. taking you out of that yeah. space yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense for sure so what if your birth was difficult or you faced feeding difficulties or your postpartum period was disappointing and it keeps coming up in your mind there's so much in that i mean but i'm sure you've got some thoughts on it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that even if people didn't experience quote a traumatic birth, they experienced something. Mm -hmm. So many women experienced something difficult along the way, something that impacted Mm -hmm. them in a way that just, they, yeah, they never expected, um, and felt really thrown off. And so my answer is probably going to be boring in terms of like, 
I think if you're experiencing what we call intrusive thoughts, which are like unwelcome thoughts that just keep hitting us mm-hmm. that are negative and you're just like in the middle of doing dishes and you just remember those really difficult, scary moments, or you have really mm-hmm. scary thoughts, mm-hmm. I think the ten- tendency for women, maybe all people, is to not share them and mm-hmm. to be like, that's weird, something's wrong with me. And I think that mm-hmm. people, you know, therapy isn't the only way for people to heal, but it can. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can have a loved one and you can share who a really kind loved one. You can share some of these scary thoughts mm-hmm. and they can say like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so sorry you're experiencing that. And that can feel so good because it's just like an outlet where you're not mm-hmm. actually having to hold those scary thoughts by yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you keep mm-hmm. having them, you should, I think that therapy is a great option because it helps you mm-hmm. kind of in a contained safe space, like review what's going on and try to understand the context of why it keeps happening, right? Like why the thoughts keep coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. It does make sense. Just, just driving home the therapy. <laughs> I know. It's just really need therapy yeah and I feel like I did go to therapy postpartum like after I went back to work and I just feel like these are the things that I didn't bring up that I probably should have brought up you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I I had so many other things at the forefront of my mind and I was like yeah cool 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 like this is just part of postpartum but it's still traumatic you know so yeah well, it's probably stuff that maybe like had you kept going, it probably would have eventually started uncovering. Because I think, I mean, that's how therapy works, right? Yeah. It's like different layers. So it's like mm-hmm. you get in, you address one, but it's like, but why is that coming up? Why is that triggering you? Now mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Like, okay, but why was that? Let's talk yeah. about this. And so you start, like the longer you go, the more it starts uncovering things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bet you would have eventually gotten there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have eventually still down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think... I think even though it sounds, it feels really hard because it feels like therapy is in such high demand that like, once you get someone, you're like, look, you're my only hope. Right. But I do actually think it's helpful to shop around because if that, like some, Mm -hmm. some people are shop around is not the right term. (laughs) Doesn't sound great, but like, well, but I know what you mean though. You know, like Mm -hmm. you need to like, feel like connected to the person you need to feel like you can open up like you're literally trusting this person with like your innermost thoughts and secrets Mm -hmm. and ideas and it's not always pretty and Mm -hmm. you know you need to be able to feel like you can talk to them without them judging you and just Mm -hmm. feeling comfortable to open up so like just you know somebody who may have been recommended by a friend like oh they're great doesn't mean that it's you're gonna hit it off with that person so Mm -hmm. I definitely think there's value in talking to like different people until you find Mm -hmm. one that you truly connect with for Mm -hmm. sure absolutely yeah so um, for the next question, what if my baby stops sleeping through the night when I go back to work? So I actually had this happen. So Hayden has always been a really, really good sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started this new job was right around the time that he started teething <laughs> and he was just doing the sleep regression um, all of a sudden. And, and it was it it happens when it's like he's going through a growth spurt or he's teething, especially with like the molars coming in. Um, and so I would literally all of a sudden be getting like two, maybe three hours if I was lucky of Mm -hmm. sleep, not on an uninterrupted sleep. Like that's just the little naps that I was getting in between. And then you have to be like fully alert and functioning, ready to go the next day. So Mm -hmm. like, 
Do you have any tips? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the cruelest part of our, like when we return to work or, you know, is like this is that most people are going to face sleep regression around the time that mm -hmm. they're returning to work. And, the, you know, six months is generous. So you might as well, you might have, you might have skirted that, you know, not all kids go through, not all kids are impacted with sleep regression in the same way, but I've worked with women. And I think part of it that, that ha has helped me understand that is kind of hearing about different babies and, and like how, like I do the, I know the research, but I also see like, man, there are some babies that as much as it makes the mom uncomfortable initially, sleep training was the answer for them. Mm -hmm. Like some version of sleep training or sleep coaching was the answer for them to actually get the sleep that they needed because it was there, they were at a point where they were, their kids were nine months old and they hadn't done any intensive sleep intervention. And their kiddo was like, mm -hmm. no, actually, I just want you up. You know, I want like every mm -hmm. couple of, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to have a couple of good days and then I'm going to have a couple of bad mm -hmm. days. And then like, I'm always going to keep you questioning like where I'm at <laughs> in my sleep independence. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's, I'm really, I, I'm really careful about talking or I'm sensitive to like some people are I mean, the internet tells us all these horrific things about sleep training <laughs> and sleep coaching mm -hmm, yeah. and sleep consulting. Yeah. And it feels a little cruel, right? You know, but mm -hmm, we also, it's uh -huh. like, it's hard. You, you go, you start searching and you're like, what are the risks? And people like really, really smart women have been like, are you sure that this is not permanently damaging my kid if I let right. them cry mm -hmm. for hours? Right. So right. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think part of it is just learning about what sleep, like some kind of sleep intervention would look like, because I'm pretty mm -hmm. convinced that some kind of sleep intervention is important for their, for kids' entire development. So mm -hmm. even when they're teenagers, yeah. like some kind of rhythm and routine and culture around sleep is super mm -hmm. important about mm -hmm. what we do like yeah. as parents. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes yeah. sense. I feel like there's definitely ways to do it that are more on like the gentle side of things for sure. And we've been experimenting with our two and a half year old. And um, I know two and a half is a lot later than most people who do sleep train is, you know, are doing it. But what we're doing has kind of just been working with her. And I feel like for me personally, I needed her to be conscious and aware of what we're saying to her before moving into any kind of thing like that and we're again very gentle with it but yeah I get I get both sides of it for sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think it's really hard because we can all have like we we all have different temperament kids too and so I think we can have like these judgments as moms of like oh no, you should never do that. Or you should absolutely do ABCD, right? Yeah. But they don't know what yeah. it's like to live with our children. And so the right. thing, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not black and white. No. And that's what's yeah. hard is because it's like, what is right for one mm -hmm. mom and baby isn't necessarily what's right for the other mom and baby. And based on your yeah. routine and your, your life, um, and just everything, your baby's temperament, like, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's so different across mm -hmm. the board. So I think yeah. like I don't think it's fair to 
to to wrong a woman or or a mama like like oh you shouldn't do that because the, you know this is what xyz it's just like well that just because that happened to some baby in the future like they mm -hmm. were you know scarred because of something doesn't mean that's what's going to happen to your like it's just it, it that's what makes it so tricky is because yeah. with everything it's nothing is black and white mm -hmm. like the only things that are black and white is that like you need to feed them mm -hmm. you need to change their diaper <laughs> you need to keep them alive like yeah. like that's black and white but all the other stuff it's just yeah. like literally trial by error like right. just figure it out as you go yeah <laughs> totally and I, I think that no, I agree. also if you're really if you've decided like some kind of sleep intervention is not for me one thing that I recommend yeah. for women is, is to take a night off <laughs> at least, mm -hmm. right? Meaning mm -hmm. like at one, like knowing that they're going to have sleep that's not, that's not interrupted on Thursdays. I have like a client that's mm -hmm. like, I guess in their family, they call it like mom's night where it's like, <laughs> like, like, and their child, like their child, they're not going to, it has like a medical condition where they would not do sleep interventions, right? Like they need to be able to check mm -hmm. on their baby. And so, yeah. So like, she just knows that she can like something about that, like gives us a break in our brain knowing like Thursday night, yeah. like I'm not on, like, I'm not going to yeah. be the one that's responding to anything. And I think that can just be like, like having that regular weekly release. is very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, so for sure. next question, what are some of the things that help when you're feeling anxiety about returning to work? Um, I think that, I think that it's, it's helpful to understand that it's a process, that it's not just like, it's kind of time slows down. I think for most people, those first days back do feel really long yeah. because we're in this mindset of like, okay, every two hours, every one hour. Right. Um, so I think kind of giving ourselves a day-to-day -day process and like every two hour process when we're returning, knowing that like, I have no idea what it's going to feel like months after I return and I can't imagine it. And that's actually okay. Like you've never been through this before, unless, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. It's later kids, but I still think there's, it's, you're going to adjust no matter what. So having a mindset that allows for not being able to visualize it because you've never done it before. <laughs> and that's, that <laughs> makes sense, you know, yeah. I think focusing yeah. on the tasks at hand, as opposed to how you want to be feeling. Right. So like, what do I need to do in order to get <laughs> myself to work? And so having mm -hmm. some of like those pragmatic pieces, there um and I think mm -hmm. I think like tr beware of like the proving ground like oh I need to come back at 100 percent is just yeah. mm -hmm. not useful yeah you know? no <laughs> <laughs> we need to be able to ramp up and I think like yeah. the career nerd in me is like if you're not excited to go back <laughs> to work at all mm -hmm. then this is a good time to reevaluate what would be exciting. Cause I do have women who yeah. are stoked to go back to work and are feeling like mm -hmm. childcare is like, yeah. they would, they would enjoy a break from that kind of work on their brains. Mm -hmm. And so that would be like my little yeah. question that I would ask is. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. 100%. It's not something I thought like, cause I had huge anxiety about going back to work. Cause I just knew how strenuous it was going to be. It's an, it's a very female uh, run industry with lots of kids, lots of babies. Um, and during COVID 
it was really just working from home and we were very productive, but I felt like the anxiety <laughs> of going back, going back to work where you're physically present and in store and all that stuff. I was just, I had so much anxiety about it given like the first six months I experienced with my child. So, mm-hmm. and it wasn't my passion anymore. So I just wish that I had like given myself that grace to kind of reevaluate and figure out what to do. But also, also I feel like I'm not like Jessica came up with this idea for the podcast. And sometimes I just need that person to give me that most perfect idea and at the time we just weren't in that place so Mm -hmm. I mean I do give myself grace for not thinking of it at the same time you know what I mean it's just it is what it is and it it happened the way it happened but I had so much anxiety um you know even after going back for two years I was still anxiety ridden every day so well just like hearing you know in the beginning Stephanie when you said like the whole like um fifth trimester thing it's it Mm -hmm. you know it can be two years it's not there's no like it's not just like oh it's six months and then you're out of it and you're done it's like it's a long thing like it's you know it's gonna take a while to really like get into a rhythm that works and Mm -hmm. feel okay with everything so yeah um well, this has been extremely helpful. Um, I'm going to, we're going to end this podcast and I'm going to immediately start researching therapist <laughs> in my area. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but not really. Um, no, this has been great. Um, definitely a long overdue episode. We touched mm-hmm. on that going back to mom guild yeah. and all that stuff before, but to really have mm-hmm. an expert like you that really like focuses on this and helps women with this and you do mm-hmm. this daily, um, it's just completely awesome. So we would absolutely love to have you back and pick your brain some more. So just so our listeners know, as a reminder of where to find Stephanie, her website is coachingwithdrthrower.com. Am I saying her last name correctly? Is it Thrower? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I always get nervous, like, oh, shoot. (laughs) And then her Instagram is at heart-based mompreneurs. I love that phrase, mompreneur. Me too. Yeah, so I'm a a licensed psychologist in Massachusetts, and that's where I do therapy. But I also do career coaching for women. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Can you see my dog that's just come in? Oh. She's like, oh, I can come in. Okay. She's vouching for your credentials. She's like, she's legit, guys. (laughs) She's wonderful. Um, Yeah, so I'm a career, I do career coaching for women in all fields of work, but I also have the website and my Instagram that's focused on supporting moms who are also entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. There's definitely a need there. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It was Thank so you nice for being yeah. on. We really appreciate having you. Yes. Um, so thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. We need your support. Please. All of your support, especially on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Which we need to get more. We need to figure that out still. There's uh maybe yeah. we should stop promoting YouTube for a little bit until we get our shit together. <laughs> really can figure that out just put this one up so you can see stephanie's dog in the background that's all yeah (laughs) for more info you can check out our website at www.geriatricmamas.com you can also follow us on instagram at geriatric underscore mamas on youtube at geriatric mamas on twitter geriatric mamas and also follow our group page on facebook geriatric mamas 
If you have a topic idea you'd like to discuss, are interested in being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can submit your inquiry by going on our website and clicking on Be Our Guest or send us your story. And if you're afraid you're going to forget any of these details we've shared, please go to the show notes on geriatricmamas.com because there's so much there for resources and everything we mentioned on these episodes, and we'll have all of Stephanie's information on there as well. And Sonia spends a lot of time on these show notes, so I really hope people are. It's so fun. I them. put treasures <laughs> in there for you. I put actual she treasures. Really does. Oh my gosh. Oh, also, before we end, we can't end this without giving a shout out to Gypsy Rose, who's being released today. Oh my gosh, Gypsy know? Rose. Stephanie, yes. do you know who Gypsy Rose is? Why? She, okay, so we are like true crime junk junkies. <laughs> and Gypsy Rose. Her mother was like, what is it? Um, uh, what is it? Is a By proxy. Oh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so she was literally like doing things to make her daughter sick mm-hmm. to like get the sympathy from herself. Like she would shave her head mm-hmm. and made it seem like, oh, it's because she's sick and her hair doesn't grow. She was like making them like pull teeth because mm-hmm. she, they, she said she had I don't know, something. What's crazy though is like the doctors were actually like doing this stuff and then whenever like a doctor would like question like i don't think this is what it is she would like take her someplace else i think she might have been forging medical records too to like she had a feeding tube for a while she didn't need it she was in a wheelchair like she was like being pumped all the stuff to make her so sick that she was in a Mm -hmm. wheelchair um and so all the stuff well it turns out that like she wasn't sick she didn't have any nothing was wrong with her she could walk everything was fine well long story short she ends up her and her like boyfriend who she Mm -hmm. met online end up murdering her mother Mm -hmm. and then she's like locked up which it's like like she was already in prison her entire life like she was literally like escaping not that it not that i think murder's the right but like that's basically what happened and so basically everybody's like get her out get her out and she's finally being released she's been in there for a while she's been there for what sonia like I don't it's know. Been a I need to really look it up. Long time. There is a Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. so if you haven't watched mm-hmm. it, definitely go watch it because it explains everything, and it's just there's a yes, there's a good Netflix documentary, and then also on Hulu, there's a there was actually um, a scripted uh, was it a movie or a sh- or a, a series? I think it's a scripted movie about it as well, which is oh, like wow. really good. So yeah. yes, she's released today. She's mm-hmm. finally stepping in the world. So hopefully she can live a, a normal life at this point. So, yeah, yeah. we just like to end these episodes on a happy note. So I thought that was a good, that was a good pick me up. Congratulations, Gypsy Rose, for being out of jail. Yes. Congratulations, Gypsy <laughs> Rose. Yeah. You got this. Thank you, Thank Maybe you she'll be a on. geriatric mama. You can yeah. have her on the podcast one day. No, she can have her own kids. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This is yeah, great. She's like, she's like, you had me until you brought up the Gypsy Rose thing, and I'm probably definitely not going to come back. Like, can I go now, please? Can you want me to get off this podcast, please? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.